Okay, the recording in progress voice still freaks me out. Um, yeah, <laughs> that one was weird. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It's I think it says it to like shock everyone in case you're doing something weird. You can jump off the screen. Right. Uh, this is Idiot Mystic as usual. And where you are Kelly Hansel Haywood or I'm with Kelly Hansel Haywood or I'm not with you we're far apart but in some ways the thing um how are you I'm 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 it's it's interesting I'm good (laughs) I'm extremely tired (laughs) this is new okay um the way that I'm describing how I am right now is new to me um, but yeah, I, I'm, I can't complain. And, and I'm also really exhausted <laughs> at the same time and overwhelmed a little, um, but it's okay. So I just from, a because I don't know, but I kind of know because we'll obviously you share stuff on the internet. Um, you intended for this all to happen like to be busier and to have more or is there some stuff that's happening that you didn't see coming a lot of stuff that i didn't see coming um yes (laughs) um a lot of extra stuff but also um so yes and no to the answer to answer your question um so yes i am working to create something um and i know that it should not look like this over the long term right but uh this is a growing phase this is a um the initial kind of i don't know rough beginning (laughs) to something and so i accept it um and i'm trying to work within it to see where it grows i know it's not um lasting it's not going to be like this for forever i i have a good question i just well it might be a bad question i'm never saying that again um what (laughs) have you ever obviously outside of motherhood and growing children have you ever grown a non-child thing like this that isn't a plant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so do you... Obviously, sometimes when people start growing something or making something, they it's their first time or they're an experienced doer of things and then the other things keep going and then they start new things. So... Is it that you like, do you feel like, because I guess instead of being vague about it, you're teaching a lot of yoga classes and seminars and it seems connected to your book and your entire, your being, your calling. But do you, do you know what it is right now? Or are you just in the moment and trying to be like execute as much as you can? So I am trying to open myself up to different opportunities. 
opportunities that will be more sustainable for me long term. So yes, I'm teaching a lot of yoga classes. Um, most of them are local. Um, and they're just ba your basic yoga classes. But since the summer or um, warm weather has come in, I've been asked to do some workshops, meditation and mindfulness workshops, as well as yoga classes um, in various locations close by. Um, so there's been a lot of that. That in and of itself is not that big of a overwhelm. Now, because I'm a differently abled person, um, it, it can be hard physically, um, but I know how to manage that. Um, it's, it's a lot of the other life stuff that um, is adding to the busyness and the stress. Um, but even in and of that, I am hoping, because this is not, this is not the end goal. <laughs> the end goal needs to be something different. Um, so I, this stage, I'm calling in, I'm showing up, right? Um, I'm calling in hopefully what will be um, that sustainable, meaningful, prosperous work um, brought to me by people who see, appreciate, and understand the potential that I have. Um, and I, I'm not exactly sure what that's going to be yet. It could be a lot of different types of things. Um, I'm just waiting for it to, to show up. D and did you, okay, this is getting, it's interesting now because if you read, if someone were to read your book, um, which we talked about before this, I can't find it in my tiny apartment because I've been carrying it around from room to room. But the question, I'm wondering when someone reads that, it sounds like, okay, this is coming from someone who knows everything and has it all together. Then what, not in a bad way, in a good way, like, because it's coming from a place of like teaching or telling, I guess, sharing information. Um, and then now you find yourself in this new place, but you're still a teacher. So you're like a, you're, you're being a student, but you, you have to be a student while also exuding authority and not, not authority in a bad way, but in a, in a class structure way, like in I the moment. I teach from places I have been, not necessarily from where I'm going, right? Um, maybe a little bit from where I'm going, what I believe to be there. Um, but yeah, things that have worked for me thus far is what I'm sharing. Um, things that I feel are beneficial for other folks to know, that's what I'm sharing. But to me, I don't trust any person speaking with what authority, <laughs> I don't like that word, <laughs> um, speaking with any kind of, uh, I don't know, like greater knowing, for example, in whatever subject, unless they're also a student still. 
Yeah. I do not trust somebody just sitting on a throne saying, oh, I've done this and I'm done. You know, it's, it, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not. <laughs> it's it's interesting that you feel that way. I, I feel the same way. But I used to maybe not feel that way. And I can, like, in a scary way, account for it. Like, I'm Pakistani and the majority of... We're, like, a post-colonial nation and it's, like, not been out of... We were founded in 1947, so obviously it's not been that long. It's it's like there were TVs then. So yeah. uh, I I had some like post-colonial remnants in my like, even some conditioning where I thought that education or knowledge has to be delivered by this uh, some authoritative like established educator who fits the archetype of a source of knowledge and I feel like in your case I don't know if it's just like a if it's from the Appalachian thing or if it's from like being isolated from external like because obviously we talked about religious authority um, but it seems like it's still less there's no conditioning going on where like a, a, a wise man or woman can be someone who's your neighbor or your grandmother. It's not in outside of your tradition. It seems like, but it seems like for some people who say someone who's your age, but grew up in uh, Chicago, like in metropolitan, like just like mid North, North side Chicago or we, or New York or something. Mm-hmm they are taught to feel like they couldn't be a teacher unless they become a teacher. Like you can't, you can't present information to people or provide it and be of service unless you are trained in teaching, which I'm not saying that there's no, I don't have value for someone who is a certified teacher. Of course, that's a different thing, but I'm just saying there's, it's strange that you deliver your information pretty casually. You talk about stuff casually, like, seeing demons we just talk about it and you're continue you're not going down the road of like i'm sure maybe you change your voice and your inflection a little bit in your meditation classes but i don't think you're gonna do the hey guys uh welcome like the creepy slow voice that they they teach you in the meditation teacher training programs and it's like what are we doing like how how fake can we get at this point? Like it's, we're like, why does every TikTok meditation teacher sound the same? Why do they say the same thing? Isn't there any other way to say love and light? Like, I don't know. It's just like, it, it doesn't make sense. It's like, it's like at the sake of sounding crazy, if there was ever like, we'll, we'll say I'm going to, we'll use the idiot part of the podcast name so if there's godism and then satanism we'll say that if there ever was a satanism it's the weird fake new spirituality like it's it's and i wouldn't say i never called it fake before but now at the point of like encountering so many people who are maliciously like misguiding people using spirituality and crystals and divination and spells i'm just like what is it's now if we if i don't say it's fake then i'm fake because i'm playing along with their like strange thing Mm -hmm. 
So I, I don't know where do you think your lack of that change comes from? Like now you're even teaching more classes and expanding your, we'll say, I won't say it's a spiritual teaching, but it seems like the people that rely on you and look to you for information, they're looking for that non-physical guidance or emotional help in some way. Some also physical, obviously, because we know you do a lot of lunges. It's impossible. <laughs> but but I'm, but I'm wondering why you aren't, and it's obviously a dumb sounding question, but why aren't you making like a villain turn? Like now the power is coming, the people are liking your classes. Now wouldn't it be time to like just completely start like branding yourself? Like just like go nuts, like have a just completely shift. And that's that's what I should be doing now. D doesn't <laughs> that's doesn't where I'm missing I'm missing the mark. <laughs> well, is isn't that what we're like if we were to look at our peers, then we're driven to like now you're you should be writing your second book and constantly uh marketing your first book still and posting it every day with a link to Amazon for people to buy it. And since you're not, then Hey, like, why are you being so weird, Kelly? Just tell people about your book. But it, but I don't yeah, know. I yeah. But no, you shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Either. Yeah, I don't either. You know, some days I think, you know, why am I not doing that? Um, and then I think about the people who I follow and who I learn the most from. And it's not people who are plugging their book every day <laughs> um, because I'll just scroll past that eventually. Yeah, the first couple of times, you know, sure, I'll look. I'll be like, do I want this book? You know, I'll look, I'll decide, and then I'll keep scrolling past it when I make that decision, you know, and I'm, I'm looking for something with meat, you know, and a book advertisement is not meaty. Um, it's just like, hey. Um, but yeah, the, the need to create income is, is real, you know, very, very real for me. Um, but there are certain, I guess there's certain things and I don't know, like some people would say it's probably, I've got some kind of weird relationship to money that I need to heal. And, and then I would post my book every day and more people would buy it. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, talking about what you're saying, you know, if you, if you uh, take one of these courses that a lot of these people are offering on how to do this online, that's what they would say that you've got some kind of sick relationship to money and you don't actually want to earn any and, um, or you would be posting your book every day and not caring if people stop following you because they're tired of seeing your book and they want to see something else. <laughs> and and I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as that, you know, um, I think, I don't know, I think if, if someone wants to buy my book, here lately I've sold, like in the last two weeks, I've sold more books than I have in a few months without advertising, and it's just from people who have read my posts, being like, I heard you had a book, where can I get it? Um, and, and to me almost that, I don't know, that feels very valuable to me because they've read my words and they want to read more of them. Uh, and they know that and they know they're not wasting their money then, you know, 
Um, but but okay, now it's getting interesting mm -hmm. because again, you said something that. So, okay, we won't talk about me because that's a typical direction. <laughs> let's. You are me. I am you. Yes, but let's. Okay, now now that's <laughs> even again. Ah, okay. So when you said not waste their money, the the interest like to me, I keep saying interesting, but there's. I have to tell this, say this to you because I feel like it's going to eat me up otherwise. There's this other podcast that I that I don't listen to, but I saw someone making making fun of it in a, like a meme way. And the guy says interesting instead of interesting. So now yeah. every time, yeah, he's like interesting, like inch resting. <laughs> so uh -huh. every time I say interesting, I, in my head, I say interesting again. And I don't know what to do. I can't stop it. It's, I probably need to meditate on it. Yeah. That's anyway. a worm. That's, that's an earworm. Is that an Appalachian thing? <laughs> do they? Um, I think it's bigger than Appalachia, but that's They're... what I call those things. Earworms. <laughs> I feel like I just got a diagnosis. <laughs> you have an earworm? <laughs> yes. And I've that's that should be in your next book. Okay. How to cure an earworm. But when you you said uh, uh, something about wasting money, and then if you look at the the industry that we're involved in right now, in terms of like we are involved in the industry, unfortunately, because if we were independently wealthy, we would just teach our kids this and stay at home all day and not do or like go outside, and not do like not try to sell the thing that we think has value in us, but we have to do that because other, or we could grow food, but that's anyway, sorry. So I've done that before. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> you, you, now we need farming stories, but we're going to get there. Um, so you caring about people not wasting their money doesn't map to the top end of the spirituality industry where those people charge a premium extreme premium not even this is i'm not talking about like let's say a personal training session with a world-class trainer is 200 dollars. a person um personal meditation session with someone on the same level you're looking at 500 for one hour with them and that to me is disconcerting because it seems like the figureheads in this industry, which is the one that basically has been in the background of all the other ones, like movies, music, everything has been like, uh, it's not, I'm not saying it's spiritual, but they tug on spiritual strings and sway people one way or the other. So I'm wondering now that we have this, you've made this statement about not wanting people to waste money then obviously you're already, wait, I think that's my smoke detector thing. I took the battery out. Anyway, um, so if you can't, and this counts for me as well, if we can't charge the extreme premium that the gatekeepers of this industry charge, 
even their their retreats like i won't name any specific ones it's like why is there a retreat in in like honolulu like it doesn't make sense why can't there be like a retreat in like in paris texas that would be a good place for a retreat i don't know somewhere local but it's never in atlantic city they could do a retreat i'm just saying they probably do but i'm being silly but but i'm just noticed so if you can't charge that then when you say you're looking for the abundant work it makes sense that as a human you would look for the work that you don't have to rip people off doing but at the same time you also can't do extreme volume like you can't do a thousand so and this will if we applied this cuz you teach yoga and meditation and you tell people talk to people about their feelings but if you also put that in the apply this formula to an amazon warehouse worker or a um like even a soldier in the military right now like the the making money thing it seems like to make the amount of money that we need for perceived comfort you have to be go into that the uh, either the zone of like charging people in those premium amounts or you have to be a charge less and be a volume seller of whatever the thing is mm-hmm. and that both of those seem against human nature mm-hmm. So what what do you like what would you tell someone who is trying to do that or make money doing something that isn't they don't they can't charge a million dollars for and they also can't make a thousand of them or do a thousand of them mm-hmm. what is the way to like how are you dealing with that So I don't fault anyone if they can get somebody to give them $500 for a meditation session awesome I mean really awesome do it right um if that doesn't weigh on your heart if the people who can afford to give you $500 um i mean to even think about giving you $500 for that session can do it and that's the audience that you want to serve then go for it do <laughs> you know um the the way that wealth is um distributed and are and I do believe I know I have some hang-ups around wealth and finance and abundance I do and it is cultural and it's from um living in and growing up where I have um so yeah that's a thing um and if you don't like the way that that feels you might have to adjust what your expectations are for your lifestyle okay um so really what do you actually need to be comfortable what are your goals in life what's going to bring you joy in most days and decide what you have to do to get there and unfortunately you know money right now in our society is tied to comfort um especially if you're a parent and the, uh, i don't i haven't yet to find any way around that 
So my own dilemma is I have never had a lot of money. I don't know what that is. Okay. Even when I was working full-time regular nine to five jobs that required me to have a master's degree, the most I ever made in a year was $27,000. And to some people that is like not enough for a few months. Um, so that's all the money I have ever seen. And when I'm not working a job like that, it's a lot less. Um, and that's been true my entire life. I've been in poverty situations. I've got okay. food, food bank. Can, can I add something to this? Like a second, like supplemental question. Sorry for interrupting. When you said that, that so if someone gets paid 500, that's an arbitrary amount, but, and they serve that audience. Can you serve so let's, and we, we specified by serving that audience and let's say you're serving, uh, you're doing a class where if someone can't afford it, you're letting them come in for free. You're, do, let's just say that I'm not saying that's what's happening. I don't know. Do you think that since we're talking about spirituality and not hot, just tangible physics and physical money, do you think that there is even if you feel good about serving uh, the people, the elite population of earth that can pay for that extreme meditation, that, that high charge, do you think that you can say that you serve everyone or do you need to, do you owe it energetically to identify that you are, a, you don't like some people can't afford your meditation because I feel like, what I'm encountering now, especially with like, this is going to be weird, but with like the Be Here Now Foundation and the Ram Dass stuff, or uh, like someone like Jay Shetty, or like, uh, I'm trying to think of the other popular, extremely popular people. It seems like there's like, basically, if you're not educated enough and privileged enough to be able to understand how they're presenting information, it's not for you. If you're from an average public school and you're like growing up with normal parents, nor average parents, you can't really understand how they're presenting information because it's in this airy, like highbrow way where like, I'm like, who even talks like this? Like as a writer, even, of course I can write in that, the idiot way, the fancy way, but why, why are you, is it okay? Do you think for like in your case, how you're saying I'm just wondering, do you think that those people owe it to clarify what they're doing? Or do you think the meditation teacher that serves like underprivileged people, underserved populations and uh, foregoes commercial success to serve those people, do you think that's a, 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 a higher vibration or higher energy cause than someone who chooses to not serve those populations to serve their personal commercial desires. Like they want to live in a bigger house. So they're going to do certain things in business to do with spirituality that gets them ahead. But there's other people who will be like, okay, I can't do this because I can't say that this is this way, but I could say it. But if I do, I'll be spiritually compromised. I'll be being disingenuous essentially. 
do you think there is that or do you think it's impossible to be disingenuous when you're acting and even if your actions are hurtful or low energy they're still genuine because they're what you want to do and like in a Anton LaVey kind of way it's like it's fake but it's real because you're doing it so even if your behaviors are considered hedonistic or undesirable by anyone they're still your own behaviors so they're not really that and then this is only i'm applying it to specifically like uh spiritual stuff because i've come from a place where i've i've charged kind of exorbitant amounts of money for silly things like psychedelic trip sitting like i i won't say amounts but it's almost like sickening a little bit at times and i was like wait a minute i'm serving like a weird populist while acting like i'm a general do gooder but i'm actually only do gooder if you have enough money i was so i'm wondering what you think about this is um, there a moral spectrum spectrum's the key word there i can't put a qualifier on any individual person without sitting down and really um talking to them in deep conversation about their intentions. I can't say that just because a population is wealthy that they don't deserve a top-notch meditation teacher. And if that meditation okay. teacher wants to um, also have a piece of their wealth, go for it, please do. You know, get what you're worth. And if you're serving that population and those people also deserve every bit of that, I feel anybody alive deserves that, then go for it. Doesn't make you immoral if that's the population that you want to serve because you have a certain lifestyle that you want to live. Um, I just think being upfront about that, you know, um, and the people who are saying, if you can't understand the, what I'm talking about, this is not for you. Um, I don't think you can some of them some of them sure they're talking out of their honey right um and they're i'm trying to think of nice words that i'm they're not nice words for people who are exploitative um they're they're hurt those people are but i i there are also there's also truth in that though because you have to be ready to receive you can't receive someone's teachings unless you are already in a certain state of being so that person needs to be met where they are um, and that particular teacher might not be the right teacher to meet those people where they are so would you say then i'm and again in this I'm just generalizing, obviously. And I'm talking about this because a lot of the people who listen to this are weirdly involved in this. Like they're healers of some type. There's a few social workers. There's like, and um, it's interesting when you said be upfront about it because it's the same way if you think about any work that someone does, there's the intention of why they're doing the work isn't there like so like say if someone's working for we can use a bigger company like tesla and they're like oh i work for tesla 
then while they're at work, they don't output the energy that they're there to get ahead. And they're doing this to get financially ahead. And there's a, it's, it's like, I don't know. Or if you're a, you're working at a gym or you're a dance instructor there, if you're trying to spread your art, that's one intention. That's a different energy. If you're trying to serve, like if you're teaching meditation in Abbott Kinney and you're in LA and you're serving influencers, you should put it out there in your energy. I feel like, because it, it's, and it's interesting that you said that. I think it's good. It's good to be upfront about whatever you want to do using whatever tool. And, and I think it's, it's a good way that you, framed it that every population deserves to be served and there is an appropriate teacher for them. So I guess, I guess my issue or not my issue, but my observation was that some teachings or some like um, companies have grown so big that they promote their method as being effective for everyone. And when people look at it, they're like, I don't even speak a sentence and like like I have friends who speak very differently to me but we're both speaking English but some of the things that I find that resonate with me and affect me emotionally they're like this seems fake like this seems like someone just like wrote this to be emotional because they don't speak like that so it couldn't ever affect them mm-hmm. and they're like yeah this sounds like this is weird why is this guy talking so much I'm like because he's it's about your soul they're like yeah I so I don't know. I'm glad you said that. Because now I feel less weird about, I serve like very varying populations. Like some sessions are free or like 50 hours of free sessions. And then another person is like, pays for those 50 hours by one session. So it's like, it's very confusing. And it's funny that we talk about this, the money talk went for a while, but it's, but I'm intrigued now that you're doing more work. There's more of how is, how is your energetic abundance? Because obviously we've talked, but are you physic? Is it like physical tiredness? Because of obviously you have your, you have many health issues going on and you also have kids and you also have normal life. But I'm, what does your emotional energy feel like? that drives the rest of you that has been all right um that's been going through um a big change and i'm not really sure what where exactly it's going to land if anywhere um but i've noticed that i have been going through i guess what some of these teachers would um define as a mindset shift or an attitude adjustment um, and I've, I've noticed it play out, especially these last few weeks when I am not sure how I'm even going to, like, when I'm not even sure if it's safe for me to be driving where I'm going <laughs> because I'm so tired, you know, um, like the other day, I like, um, when I'm presenting myself to the public, I don't wear any makeup on my face, um, but I do like to wear mascara, which is the stuff you put on your eyelashes. I know. And 
Oh, okay. Uh, so <laughs> I like to wear that because one of the things that I've always been about, even from a small child, is that I like to appear to others how I feel inside. So that is part of that for me. And so I like like having that on my eyes. And the other day, I was really, really just exhausted. And I was thinking about how hard it was going to be to come home that evening and wash my face. And the only way that I could get out of washing my face in the evening <laughs> was to not wear mascara because I won't go to sleep with it on. And then I also realized that I didn't want to mess with my hair. And I didn't want to do that. And I immediately started feeling bad for myself because I was so tired. And I was just getting all wrapped up in that. I'm just so tired. I don't know. I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm going to fail. I'm going to have to quit. And then something dawned on me. It's like, just don't wear the damn mascara and put a head wrap on and show up. And if they ask you why you look so tired, tell them it's because I'm tired. And the fear there was that because I'm tired, I wouldn't get any more opportunities. I realized that that was my fear because if I looked tired to the people who were giving me opportunities, they may say, oh, we can't put any more burden on Kelly. She can't handle it. And I would miss opportunities. Yeah, that so, where has that does that come from do you remember like has this happened before in your life yeah mm -hmm. where you just seem tired and people are like you can't do this yeah. and is it connected to your medical stuff or just do you think in general the people you've been around are like the types who in general, mm -hmm. in general. but um but finishing the story up though, sorry um I chose not to wear the mascara because I didn't want to have to wash my face. I want to just come home and sit for 30 minutes before going to bed. And so I didn't. And I put my head wrap on and I showed up and I taught classes. It was a long day, so I had more than normal classes. And I taught those classes with every ounce of energy that I had left. And I realized that I... And I felt some joy in that moment, some like real relief because I'm like, this is how I don't give up. This is how I keep showing up. I just don't give up. But I'll have to let certain things slide from time to time. And that is called grace. I gave myself some grace, but I also have to be willing to receive that grace. And so therefore I showed up to class and I'm, and I tell them, I sit down on my mat. I say, how are you all today? I am daggone tired, but I'm going to do my best for you. You know, and I just I'm straight up and I have to tell them like sometimes because of blood flow and when I'm tired and things, I have a vasodilation issue. The blood doesn't get to my head <laughs> like it should. And so cognitively I will have trouble finding words and so I'll say things sometimes that make no sense at all <laughs> and sometimes I'll do that while teaching 
and I have to, especially if it's a movement class and if I'm really tired. So in situations when I'm really tired and things like that, I'm very upfront. You know, I may call an elbow a knee, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll fix it. Just go with it. Right? <laughs> or if I pause, just wake me out. I'll come back. You know, um, I have to be upfront about that. But yeah, in that moment, and that's something that I wasn't capable of doing before now. Like before now, I would have went off way down that road of this is me failing. This is me failing again. This is, this is me not being able to keep up. I'm going to lose opportunities, blah, blah, blah. And I was just really, I was glad that I was able to not, I was able to cut that off and, and show up anyway, um, for whatever, for whatever, you know, I gave myself grace and I accepted the grace and it felt good. And so that was nice. No, it sounds the, I don't know how to stop asking questions. Is there well, anything, <laughs> is, is there <laughs> anything, is there anything that happened because, okay, your classes were increasing. And so we'll say, like, whatever personal stuff is going on, medical appointments, anything, grocery shopping, I don't know. Um, did, even if you can't pinpoint something exact, do you think some combination of factors led to this epiphany or this, like, like what... So that if someone else has those same ingredients, they can be like, wait, this could lead somewhere similarly good. It's the work that I've done. The um, per sorry. Go ahead. Personal work. Personal work. Mm -hmm. And I've learned more. So I come from a culture where um, we have, and this is a sociological defined term, like sociologists define this term, and it's not just my culture, but it's something called learned fatalism. And it is, I think. Um, so if you think about your root chakra, you know, the the origin the community of origin that you're born into that is where you get your first awarenesses of this world this matter world and the big question is is this world for me or is it against me and in cultures where you have learned fatalism the world is against you and there is not much opportunity for you to change that, right? Um, and so having grown up in a culture like that and then getting very interested in magic with a K, you know, and alchemy and personal development and um, esoteric ways of looking at things as opposed to the ex exoteric 
I started seeing a lot of conflicting aspects of that with my own experience. Because I have seen people want with all their heart to get better for things to change, to work until their fingers literally bled or fell off trying to get something better and it not come forth. And so this whole idea of manifest that shit, you know, and the, um, the idea of like the book, The Secret, right? <laughs> um, where if you just think hard enough and you just will for it hard enough, it will happen. And if it doesn't, it's because you didn't really want it hard enough putting the blame back then on the person <laughs> for whatever messed up problem they had. <laughs> um, that just did not jive with my experience. And I'm like, there's got to be, while I did believe aspects of that, right? There are aspects that that's, of that that's clearly so. My, and I'm still searching this out. What I am really um, absorbed with right now is finding that in-between. How do you meet someone who has grown up in poverty, who has, who lives in an area, for example, I'll give you one example. My daughter is working on a film project with a group of people here. Yesterday, they had to go to a nearby town so that they could have a Zoom call with a teacher because the town that they're doing their work in, the internet is not good enough to support a Zoom call. That means that entire town is living in a place where the internet is not good enough to support a Zoom call in the culture that we live in today. Why don't I have more of an online presence? Why don't I teach online? Because those are perpetual classes. That would be great for me. That would be ideal, internet. <laughs> so we live in a place where there are obstacles that maybe someone an hour from here do, does not have, and they can't even fathom having those. So how do you meet someone like me <laughs> and then tell them that they can manifest better for themselves by just thinking good enough. That's, that's too simple. There's a lot of background that has to happen. So where is that in between? So in learning to meet myself and, and, and bring that forward, you know, um, that work, that's where I was able to give myself some grace and accept it. Um, the in-between, like the finding the steps that will get me to the point of. What are know. the steps? I don't know that. Tell me the steps. I don't either. What are, um, I'm, lear I'm uh, learning them. I'm figuring it out. I'm going to figure it out. And so I'll, I'll tell you, Mitch Horowitz, the writer, historian, he, the way he explains things is the closest that I've gotten to that in-between for folks like me. Can you paraphrase something for someone who's like, yes. we, and I'll put a link later, like in and, the. 
it, Mitch has all sorts of podcasts, interviews. He's got all sorts of stuff on YouTube and he is a prolific writer. All of that material, he writes in such a way that is, it is accessible. You can read that and not have a background in what he's talking about and learn. So he's brilliant um, in my opinion. Or he, or I found a good teacher for me, right, in him. Um, but I'm really interested in hermeticism, and I was before I found Mitch. And um, those ideas were helping me a lot. And the way that he describes things is that, yes, we do create our own reality. We do. Oh, no. There's internet issues. Kelly. No. Okay, I'm gonna end it. Oh, it says they're connecting to audio. Hello. Are you back?
Are you back? Okay, I see you. I uh, can't hear you yet. It says you're muted. Okay. okay, I can hear you. All right, for some reason, there's two of me. There's another box that has my name in it. Um, yes. So I don't know what's going on. It's, it's the alternate dimension, you. I guess so. Yes. Um, We're, okay. So Mitch Horowitz, the in-between, that's where you get, you feel like it's closest to what you can understand and find to be true. If you were to paraphrase or explain, and it's not obviously not, not Mitch Horowitz's work, but if you wanted to, but more so, what do you think is, what is the way for someone who's, let's any gender, any income level, what is the way to start changing life to be the way you want it to be? Or, or is that, or the way you think you want it to be? What are the mechanics? All right, here's as far as I've gotten. Um, so as I was saying before, everything froze. Um, he describes, yes, we do create our own reality. And he, he's not the first to talk about that, um, obviously. Um, but we also are subject to forces that we don't have a lot of control over. Um, one being, for example, aging. We have yet to find a way to stop this human body of ours from aging, for example, um, and eventually dying. Um, so that's an example. But in as much as we can, and the things that we can control, we create to a degree our own reality. So. One of his suggestions is to have something, and I can't remember if he got, um, who exactly he got this from. It might've been Neville. Um, I, can, I can still hear you, by the way. You're just gonna return to the window. I'm trying okay. to charge the phone. Okay, um, it may have been Neville Goddard or William James or some, some, someone. <laughs> um, this idea originated with, but he has um, filtered it and made it fairly easy to understand. Something called a definite chief aim. Um, and that is a very clear statement or couple of statements that you are working toward without compromise. And these statements can, it's not, I mean, if it is, I'm gonna have $20,000 by the end of October, then so be it. But these statements can also 
include um, a lot of other aspects of your life. Like if, if they were to be brought forward, it would help a lot of other aspects of your life as well. Um, so, you know, it, it can be a little broader than that as well, but definitely something that is concrete and something that you are working toward, period. And so I have adopted um, two of them, actually. Um, he suggests one, but I, I have two I'm working with. And that changed my life already in that I was able to give myself grace and accept grace. Because giving up on this is not an option. Um, and, and working through that, you know, you kind of have to meet yourself where you are. You have to figure out the steps as they come. Sometimes you don't, I mean, if you're on a path and you're not really sure exactly where it's going, you can't anticipate what you're going to find there either. So I don't necessarily know the steps for this coming forward. So, so at the sake of, again, I jump into your childhood, would you say that? Okay, you can be vague. Are you raising your daughters to give themselves grace from now? Or do you think they'll have to go through a similar crucible to you to where they go many years without giving themselves grace and then they give themselves the grace? And I'm just like your intuitive feeling. Of course, we don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, because I am more, me personally, as a mother, as a person, as a friend, um, I am more apt to give other people grace than I am myself. So they've received grace from me, quite a lot of it, more than I got as a child. <laughs> um, so I don't know if they're going to have that issue or not. I don't see it in them right now. Um, but I can't say that they won't have to go through. I mean, they'll have processes they'll have to go through. I mean, none of us are perfect as much as <laughs> I don't want to leave them with hangups. They're going to have some <laughs> and I can't help that. That's, that's part of the human experience. We all have them. So, but it's, it's interesting though, when you say that you, you obviously, when you say you didn't, weren't shown much grace as a child, there's a weight to it because I feel like a lot of people aren't able to realize that they weren't shown a lot of grace as a child. So then they're like, I couldn't be this way because of something and like there's no way there's no mechanism to so if they're trying to find their definite chief aim or purpose thing if they don't realize that they're still caught up in like being bullied when they were eight or being called skinny when they were 15 and that's driving their chief definite aim then it's not even a chief definite aim it's like a you're like in trauma like for like for me literally how could I have ever been a professional fighter? I don't know. And it seemed like my chief definite aim at the time. And I drove my whole life according to it. And people were hurt based on it. And just life happened. And everyone's like, why did you do it? Why, what inspired you? 
I literally don't know. I was just messed up. But when you're, so I guess I'm wondering, what would you say if someone's looking for their chief definite, however it said, definite chief aim, if they're looking for it, if they're not feeling okay, like if they're feeling angry, sad, depressed, it's not finding that definite chief aim might not fix that. That's not what, that's not, yeah, no. So would you say- Yeah, and definite chief aim can change. It's going to change depending on you and where you are and what you learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. So is that separate, we'll say like the aim stuff or your manifestation desires, do you think those are separate to emotional, uh, to your emotional desires? Like say if someone wants to be, well, I'm using anger because it's like a go-to in meditation, but other negative emotions or things that don't serve you. Um, it, can someone's definite chief aim to be the happiest, healthy version of themselves? Is that, can that be directed or is that more, is that too vague and does it have to be that's specific? That's okay. Um, yeah. That's too vague. So he gives a lot of examples in his books, better ones than I could come up with off off my head without reading. How dare you? you. How dare you say that? (laughs) Well, I I will leave his work to him. Yeah. Okay. um, And my work to me. Um, But yeah, that would be too vague. And we are going to change. And he does discuss in his books dealing with, and, and he's open about having dealt with depression and things like that himself. Um, and how do you work magic while being also sad or anxious or all of those things? Um, so that is something that he discusses in his work. But yeah, your definite chief aim needs to be pretty concrete. And so you think beyond that you ask yourself then what is going to make me my happiest, healthiest self. And yeah, if you've not done the shadow work, if you've not met yourself face to face for a while, that you might screw up and you might manifest. And he says, be careful, be careful what you choose because you might manifest something that your true will, as Aleister Crowley would call it (laughs) and others doesn't want (laughs) doesn't actually want, but your ego thought you did. You know, like at one time I was a middle school teacher, spent a lot of money getting the degree, a master in teaching so that I could be this middle school teacher. I was a middle school teacher for four years. I'm still paying off the debt of earning the degree. Didn't me a middle school teacher. I thought I could do it. Wait, didn't Biden pay off your debt? No. They blocked I was it. I was just being I was being controversial I was oh. gonna okay. I was gonna go I feel like we we never talk about politics but I feel like if we ever do it would get horrifying it would because be because we can't lie here we wouldn't be able to lie so no. I'm just gonna I have to say a few keywords and I just want to know what you think there are three terms, and I just want to see your reaction. Let me say, I don't. Okay, talk sorry. About politics. I yeah. don't talk about politics unless I know you really, really well. And there's a reason that's fair. That. 
That's fair. I, I, I might can give an off the cuff answer. That this these are very off the cuff remarks that I'm gonna make. All right. Cool. Um, Hunter Biden, Donald Trump, Senate Oversight Committee UAP hearing. How are these? What am am I? I'm not on any psychedelics, but if I were to say this to someone, they would say you're making stuff up. Like this, the reality we live in right now, it's very similar to like, if we were, if you were writing like a, like an ancient epic on us, our leaders and the way we are treated is quite similar to like, like pharaohs and the egyptian population at a time and other like it's just weird what do you think about the uap hearings why is that happening that's um, not political kind of political maybe were you tell or so i made so, a decision not to watch any news or consume any news okay so I'm not really sure what you're talking okay. about. Okay, okay, let me update you. So officially, so this guy went through the Department of Defense and is like a current, like he's in the military, he's in the Air Force and has very high level clearance and went through like, filed some complaints legally that there's some like hidden, there's some hidden programs within the government. You uh, uh that have recovered technology from non-human intelligences. Okay. All right. I have heard about it, but I and then, <laughs> okay. And then this happened. So then, so then before it was just a random guy complaining about something, but then the inspector general of the intelligence community said that his claims are credible and he's a credible witness and that they're going through all the legal proceedings now. Then the Senate called an emergency hearing about it which I don't think it's happened yet. It's like on July 4th or no, not the 4th. I think it's like somewhere around that. But I'm just saying, if our, like, if we're not insulting our own intelligence, then the same people who like, the, sa the same people who said everything that they said the last 20 years, now uh, military snipers meditate for 11 minutes a day to improve accuracy and their official senators being given classified hearings about non-human intelligence piloting craft since the 40s. So I wanted to get your take on this as someone who is living in a place where you already know that non-human intelligence is present. My take on it? Yes, because these this is non-localized, like say the things you've seen there in the mountains and that the your your family members and peers and country men and women have seen in like, and even what I've read anecdotal stories about Appalachia and just like this stuff seems to be now recognized by the people who also underserve your population. So now they're acknowledging that there are possibly things that are not human and they exist. So then I'm curious as to what, why you think that the, authority that has been the source of much religious oppression and other kinds of oppression 
is now stepping into the realm of like they're like oh kelly's teaching about this stuff let, let we actually know about it let us teach you actually well we've we're we've come so far technologically that before too long they would have not been able to deny it anymore because the average person would be carrying around proof of it so they've had to um you know except that they're going to have to disseminate the information which they already knew um to the public now and i believe that they're trying to do it in a very controlled way so that they still have control of our response to it that's all i believe it is okay so i'm presenting you with more information now uh, I can use names, but we'll say that there's three like people who currently or formerly worked for the CIA and they're verified like they're and there's another former military guy who's currently employed by the Space Force, which is a real thing. So I can say it now. Mm -hmm. um, they have said repetitively that within the internal parts of the U.S. government at the highest level since the 40s, since 1933, apparently, there's been fear that this is there's been religious fear of dealing with this issue. And it comes from a Judeo-Christian, like Abrahamic viewpoint of these things. So I'm wondering, do you think that, I'm not, at the sake of, we'll bring in the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible, the, the, the entities Alistair Crowley dealt with. Do you think that these physical and non-human beings have some kind of part in our spiritual identity as a race mm -hmm. like are they involved or is are they not related to the metaphysical stuff like angels and spirit guides and fairies or it's are fairies it's all the same thing it's the same thing um i mean <laughs> look at the diversity of life just on planet earth species and now we're learning that uh, trees communicate with one another, um, which I was about to say something that would have just um, got me brutalized. So I'm not going to no, say, say it. it. Say it. You have to. You have to say it. You said brutalized. I am who I am. What? I am who I am. I'll say it. <laughs> which blows to me veganism out of the water. Yes, complete, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to say that, oh, these plants are sentient. Don't eat that animal. It's sentient. Eat this plant instead. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly, it's similar. And now I'll I'll go for I'll brutalize myself further. So you're gonna be saved by this. If you look at people like that, the people whose sentience is non-neurotypical, they're similar to a plant. And the people who are more neurotypical are more like an animal, like a, like a mammal. And we're like, oh, yeah, these are the ones who work. And those are the ones who don't work. These are the ones who can teach a million classes a week. And the ones with heart stuff, we need to like be. So it's interesting that you brought that up. Because now, as soon as I apply it to humans, I'm like, it makes no sense. That's like the spectrum of sentience determining how how guilty we feel about eating it is confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, so yeah, it's silly. 
but thinking about the diversity of life on earth and the fact that, you know, um, even a rock, saying that a rock is not alive or in any way informational when the molecules in that rock vibrate just like the molecules in me and I need the substance of that rock in my body to stay alive. Yeah. You know, that yeah. rock is fueling life, but yet it's not a lot. But anyway, so you've got all of these layers and layers and layers of species and life and things. Why should I not assume that that is the thing across the board beyond what I can see, beyond what I can touch, beyond all of that? Why should I not? Like to me, I can't not believe that there would be that kind of diversity of creative stuff from source that just extend, just like the hermetic split, extend in layers and layers and layers all the way back to source. There's all sorts of different things. We can't even begin to fathom. And we can think and create entities. You know, um, <laughs> it's all energy. And it's going to take a lot of different forms. So do you think it's, I, I know some people who are like, oh, it, it doesn't affect me. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. And I do, I do get that. They're like, oh, it, it doesn't matter. But at the same time, if we're looking at Mitch Horowitz work or even your work and the implication of invisible forces affecting us, it seems to be a strange resistance, like kind of like when Galileo said the earth was not flat, he was jailed. So, or whatever they did to him. I don't know if they put him in jail, they did bad stuff to him and discredited him. So in this thing that's happening right now, I'm wondering if the extreme resistance is like, it's actually kind of worrisome to me because like, it's like if the Senate was having an emergency hearing on like a new COVID variant, everyone would be like, we must run, like it's coming, it's very serious. But now they're actively making it so that in the zeitgeist, they're verifying ancient tradition essentially like if anything i would feel like christians muslims and jewish people are even more empowered by the government literally saying non-human intelligence repetitively like it simply is very buddhist should be like oh yeah of course like so i'm i'm just curious as to do you think this is a different time that we're living in unlike any other because the the things have always existed but the acknowledgement has never been this globalized like it's not been that tiktok and instagram are unified it's not like everyone has a localized like teacher it's like a mass like dissemination of information so even crystal healing it's not like localized to where you would find amethyst or shungite or something else it's like I can order something from Russia and it'll be shipped here and then I can interact with those minerals. So I'm wondering, do you think it's important that the, the, authori the authorities or the status quo setters are now getting involved in the woo or the, the new age stuff? 
Do you think it's telling of something? The last four years, three, four years has brought so much change. Of course, it's telling of something, but telling of what, I don't know. Um, in my opinion, when world powers, governments get involved in things, um, it's not long before they try to regulate those things. And um, which, in my opinion, is often very disempowering. Um, so, you know, I don't know. And you, and you say, we're living in an unprecedented time because now they're starting to acknowledge it. Well, what about pre-media? <laughs> what about my ancestors, my Cherokee ancestors, you know, and the way that they worshiped and believed? And that was just accepted by, you know, the entire tribe. <laughs> Ancient peoples believed this stuff, you know, and it was accepted by their governments. And they, so this is, it's coming back around. Now the governments are having to accept it again. We, our science can, changed. Can I, I have a very embarrassing interruption. I've been trying not to pee for a long time, but I really have Miserable. to pee. Yes, sorry. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'll probably. You can also use, I can edit this time out, but also you can use it to just talk to yourself because I leave them in the podcast sometimes and it's kind of cool. Oh, I probably won't. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, you're all right. Were you doom scrolling? No, I was I'm joking. Text. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly don't doom scroll, 
but it's it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. But we were talking about aliens and regulation. So so with this regulatory force stepping into the idea that there's things that aren't us that are intelligent. I guess do, I'm wondering in recent time. I don't know if you you there there was an instance of aliens in a backyard in Vegas recently. And this happened at the same time that the the other the Senate stuff was happening and the whistleblower and it was all on the news. There's a case that's famous from where you're from, kind of. Uh, I believe it's Hopkinsville, Kentucky, right? And they're called the Hopkinsville Hopkinsville Goblins. And um, for cases like that, or like historical anecdotes like that, that seem to have that carry some weight. Um. Have you ever interacted with anything like that? We've heard the story of the jean short wearing Satan demon thing. Have you, do you know anyone locally or have you heard of any, any, anything like that? Any stories? I'm just curious. I don't. Um, so something that I could say, yes, that was alien no i haven't um there are no people who believe that they have had experiences with aliens and i believe them i'm not um comfortable sharing their story that's fair um that's i just made it more ominous but if this uh, is I do, I definitely believe, and I think I shared this story too on here, that I have interacted with beings that um, were not necessarily human like me, but were in human bodies. Yes, that was a weird one. That was... That That person... at at the very least was transforming themselves in a big way at the very least if they were not human and at the sake of again pushing this like this vector of exploration a lot i just i noticed that when we talk about non-human intelligence let's say that's sentient and it's creative as well. Um, let's. I'm not saying it has the same inclinations we do, but it seems like a lot of the people whose writings we read and who are the people who came before us who are in from the same vein that we are, the inner inner exploration to reach outer points of knowledge. Um, they seem to have interacted repetitively with this uh, non-localized intelligence, disembodied intelligence, whatever it is, voice in the air. So I guess it's, int- it's just I'm curious as to why 
the earth has been this many people haven't been creating before and sharing ever and i'm one i'm wondering if this the non-human intelligences are going to like this is this is going to change the way we create or the way we consider ourselves because the basically that even when we're talking about money it seems things change a little bit when you think about the fact that there's an entire potentially like a biological species above us in terms of like on the food chain even i don't i'm not saying they eat us but um i feel like it it do you think we can seek knowledge from those sources is there some way like do you think that's what crowley was doing when he was crowley was doing when he was summoning that entity named lam who looked like an alien or is that what automatic writing is do you think that these things are real can we do them or is it are those independent sentient beings that we can't really sync up with somehow or interact with we're all the same thing so yes we can interact we can interact with anything i believe because we're all the same thing so how so let's pretend you're chat gpt or an ai and i just say what is what is uh, a way someone could interact with non-physical intelligence through esoteric practice? I Just have to answer as AI, or can I answer as me? You can answer as you. The point was that I'm just ans- asking this question <laughs> I just based want, on. I just want to answer. I want the answer based on your general knowledge base, and it doesn't have to be like really specific or accurate, but just something that. Because we're positing these, like, we're posing these bizarre queries, like non-human intelligence, why does the Senate care? But actually, if someone thinks about what we're saying, the this absurdity is now, like, accepted conversation. So there has been a shift in the zeitgeist. Like, it's changed completely. Like, you being a meditation teacher you can literally now verifiably medically help cancer patients because this is just like now the doctors believe it so that's great but what would the method be one method this is something that i've been doing since i was a small child and i did not realize that other people didn't regularly do it um until i was a little older um and for me, it's just a matter of sitting down and doing it. Um, so for me, it's extremely hard. <laughs> I mean, one, you have to believe you can. If you don't believe you can, then you're going to miss it when it happens. Or you're going to try to explain it away. Um, So, I mean, I I can't give you a straight, I mean, some people believe that divination is a form of that. Um, And uh, who's to say it isn't? Um, Yeah, maybe Crowley was channeling long, an alien, but maybe that 
alien is also part of his internal creator and isn't a being that I'm going to make appear in front of me if I think hard enough about it, you know, <laughs> I mean, or that's going to come to us on a spaceship and say, yeah, I'm the guy that he was talking to. Welcome to reality or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, uh, for me, it was as real as, I don't know. And it was probably part of, um, I don't think it was intentional abuse, but the word that people have for it now is religious abuse. It could have been religious abuse that opened me up to that sort of thing. Um, I don't really know. Um, so, but I've been doing it since I was a small child, acknowledging that if I ask, or so for example, and you, I thought you were going to hear them earlier. But I've got some crow friends. There they are. I did. I did hear did the hear birds. That? Yeah. All right. That's that's my crow friends. And I feed them in the mornings. But I go out and I make some noises. Not calling like they do, but I make some noises and they come. You know, and I ask them questions and I feel as if they answer me. Is that what you meant when you said dumb or do they answer me? I don't know. <laughs> is, is this what you meant when you said crow magic many episodes ago? I did say crow magic. I feel like you did. No, well, crows, I mean, symbolically are the, those who cross the veil. Um, one of the reasons why they're so feared is because they live in a liminal space. Um, so I'm I I love when we go here because I'm just like oh my god what so you what, conjure I, their medicine it's not necessarily that crow that physical crow doing magic but you conjure their energy you conjure their medicine there that the offering their energetic offering that they have to give you crow support me I need to embody your energy I need to embody your medicine as I move forward through this whatever and you take on, you absorb that, you, you, and you move forward knowing that that's also a part of you. Is, or that's how I do it. Is it, we, I'm gonna say something so dumb sounding, but you seem from when we started doing these till now, I literally, you seem like a completely different person. Same tattoos. That's same scary. like same same general like it's the same vessel but it's very weird like i'm it's not that i understand you better but it's like you you're explaining things more i don't know it's like you the the wheels have been greased of the explanations so it's like they i'm like ah yes i get it now i must go conjure the crows whereas before i was like a little i wasn't confused i think i was surprised like i didn't know because the mountains the demon people the yoga it was, it was a lot to process a lot. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's a bizarre combination of things. And if I lived in any other time period, I probably would not have these combination of things to share. <laughs> I, I, I feel like what yoga was. <laughs> maybe. I feel or like there's two, the word. there's two options. One time period you were alive and you wouldn't be alive because you would have been hunted down to the ends of the earth. But in the other reality, you're the supreme leader of the earth and witches have taken over and it's a matriarchal society and that could be i'm just saying if you're we're talking about abundance we should pitch that to netflix where mm -hmm. appalachian women took over the earth somehow lord help you all <laughs> we That's not what I was expecting, but I, f I feel like that's that's the, we already know, that's how we'll sell it in the Netflix boardroom. That'll just be the commercial, like, maybe that'll be the name of the thing, Lord help you now. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop. Um, do you, I, with your, I won't call it progress, you're unfolding, or you're coming into yourself more do you feel like you would is there anything you would tell people that you can recall that's different between the first time they heard you speak here and now something you can feel besides obviously you said not giving up and but that didn't seem like an option in the beginning either so i don't know when it was but um when i say not giving up i mean on this particular goal ah uh, um, it was like Okay. So yeah, it was an option before. Okay. There were times when it was forced upon me. Okay. So I had to give up. Um, so yeah, um, this time I'm not going to allow it to be forced upon me. Um, whatever that means. I, I think now, I don't think, I don't think anyone can also let it be like you have too many people who, from what I can discern, like, they don't just value your teachings because I'm, I'm speaking very carefully. I don't want to say anything that makes you sound like a cult leader. But if you wanted to start one, if you wanted to start one. No. Just saying you're located in a that geographically would... viable area for a cult. Uh, probably. And probably even more so now that we're losing so much population. But, yeah. Hey, I'm just saying. I just saying there's a no there's an opportunity there <laughs> no i'm i'm more of the hermit in the cave you know, yes you're you're our energy our, our eminent leader no. you'll only emerge from the cave once once a year with one of the hopkinsville goblins hopkinsville and, goblins live about eight hours from me so but far but they travel in the cave systems underneath. Okay. So yes. we also have goblins. So you've please. Some people can't. saw them during the flood. They said to because they were flooded. They were affected by the flood, and they came out. They had to come out because they were flooded. Like I someone lit some, but people just literally casually say that they saw a goblin. Yes. 
what did like the the hairless ones with the big ears yeah these are i've not seen one <laughs> but yeah they're supposedly like there's like little people little and they're grayish colored like um they look un, like unhealthy skin i guess like what we would call unhealthy skin might not mean they're unhealthy but like gray I don't know where this is going anymore. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Are we going to become goblin hunters? If I get us a no. TV show called Goblin Hunters, would you participate? There already is one of those shows. Well, okay, you don't have to sh- about people from West Virginia, which are which is pretty close to me, <laughs> and they go hunt all sorts of things and. Well, that's a that's a general monster hunting show. Where is specifically goblins? This is like oh. a niche. This is, I ask your kids, ask them. I'm just saying, ask them what if they want to be in, in in the show. Oh. I don't have to. We're not going to kill the goblins. We're not insane. We don't want to. We're just using it like a regular like butterfly net. Like it's not, nothing crazy. Okay. Anyway. Would, what would you say the biggest change is between you and the beginning and now? Because it's it's observable. It's coming across in your teaching, in the volume of teaching, even in your social media content. Like, it's more potent. So what is happening? I would say that I'm, I'm just facing myself over and over and over again. You know, I, I am tired of, I'm tired. And so I'm facing myself over and over and over again until the layers that I don't need anymore are falling away. Um, and that, that work is hard. It's really hard. Um, and it's Sorry, never going to be perfect and it's but that that's what's happening facing yourself is hard shadow work so if someone would you say i'm not making this into an ad but if someone wanted help facing themselves could they reach out to you mm-hmm. yeah i do that well i i used to do Um, and advertise self-development coaching, shadow work coaching. And I'm able to do that, um, but I haven't advertised it um, in a long time. We don't don't do that anymore. Now they're they're coming. The cult members are coming to the top of the mountains. They're going to, to no internet. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not even saying it, but if there ever was, room for someone to completely go off the deep end and start an off the grid cult. I'm just saying. Speaking of retreats, I couldn't even get one of those folks to host their retreat here. And I had a huge amount of land plus accommodations. And when they realized that I was two and a half hours from an airport on this land, they said no. But but it's just driving. Exactly. Just, Why do we have to have the retreats in Honolulu when we could have them in these mountains? These mountains are magic. I, Honolulu, I'm sure, is magic too. 
yes but it's like at but, this point we've like destroyed the the indigenous population and we've hawaii it out so i don't know They say that, that that might be the answer for us um, is tourism, but um, I don't know. I'm, and this is the start of our eventual multi-million-dollar business venture of goblin tourism. So you need to start mapping out the caves or coal mines. But you you already do you, do we need to my map? map those out or do you have like a built-in map to... of the coal mine? yes i'll show you okay something's going on i don't you're officially in the sus category now when you have the map of the coal mines yeah this is this is actually a surface mine map <laughs> but yeah what why why i have to know i know your dad works in the mines yes but he gave this to me um because um i was trying to prove a point to someone and i needed um that what was the point what was the point so um if you uh, this is big so if you Look at like, for example, when NPR reported on our flooding here, um, you get a lot of folks who would label themselves as left or leftish or okay. liberal. Um, and I'm not talking liberalism, um, but who talk about, you know, liberals are usually socially more, um, accommodating for example um, dude hunt hunter biden is super socially accommodating joke very, joke sorry <laughs> joke stuff right there no, but <laughs> anyway so uh, but supportive of social help right and so um NPR and and i mean any source you could look at any um reporting on the flood there was a lot of people that would get on there and say, oh, these people deserve this. This is what you get when you coal mine. This is what you get when you don't believe in climate change. This is what you get. This is what you get, blah, blah, blah. And then there was another group of them um, saying, why don't you just move? Why don't they just move? They're so dumb for living there. Why don't they just move? And then others are like, why do they build their houses in between the mountains? Why don't they build them on the mountaintops? Blah, blah, blah. And so um, there were, were some actual reporting, um, was reporting done about um, the reason that we don't build our houses on the mountaintops. And that reporting in my experience and understanding was not accurate so i was doing a speak back to that and um needed those maps i i feel like that's important that we talked about that because it's just like we're building a profile here and you're not this is like the opposite of those serial killer shows on netflix but you're a serial healer and we're building the profile and i feel like 
I feel like over the course of these episodes, I feel like if someone really like if they read your book or if they see your Instagram and they watch these videos, they get to know you. I feel I feel like this is really good. I feel like you're changed. Like I wasn't expecting you to change over the podcast. I was expecting to just like talk to a very like it's obviously my prejudgment. You were a published author and you're practicing daily. You post your practice daily. There's no question about if you're doing it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a pretty, this is going to be a consistent output from this person. But it's been like fluctuating, like it's been like varying. So I'm I'm glad that things are, I won't say working out for you. Things are unraveling, it seems like. Mm-hmm. so i'm happy for you it's going somewhere and it's gonna go i'm here for it yes it's that that could be that could be the name of something that you're working on it's going somewhere it's going somewhere uh, but um i think we're gonna wrap this up because um at the sake of bringing the spiritual part into this, the podcast is an attempt at us like expressing and alchemizing thoughts into some like a tangible format. Then at the same time, my child is indulging in simulated cartoon violence. So I must, I must go and see what's going on there. Okay. I understand. Um, This was, (laughs) yeah this was a good episode all the links will be up in the episode description for things that are related to you if people need to get in touch with you they can find you on instagram Mm -hmm. is there is there anything else you want to say to your um no other than instagram probably is the best way to get in touch with me um i have a website that's not updated it's kelly hansel like hansel and gretel.com kelly with an i um so i've been had i had some instagram problems last week and if for some reason i disappear from there <laughs> you can find me on my website the contact info it's because you're a russian spy no they make more money you're- <laughs> don't hey don't (laughs) if you get if you get an offer now if if putin's like that was the last thing we just needed someone in appalachia she just wanted more money that's it we can make this happen (laughs) we just we just got on a list we're on a list um thank you thank you again this was good I don't know how it's going to come out with all the random pauses in it, but I think it'll be good. All right. Um, I'm going to press stop recording first. I don't know why I have to include this in the recording, but uh, we did it. I'm pressing stop recording. Idiot Mystic, another one. DJ Khaled. I don't know. Stop.